unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my o'clock let's go and get started if we can please we are glad you're here now i want to hear these books of the bible like you know them they're confident now you know if there's a first there's a second right there might be a third but there might not but you know there's a second so let's hear it all right genesis exodus Leviticus, joshua judges ruth First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 
Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 John, 3 John, I can live with that ending. All right, good. All right. Y'all come down a little bit. Jesus loves me this side of for the Bible tells me so. Once to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I think y'all had some uh, sugar this afternoon. Up the mountain, point to the sun. Notice the grasses, count everyone. Measure the rainbow, sail on the sea. God made this whole world beautiful for me. All right, if I say here, you say? Romans 3.17. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Believe. Excellent. If you do not believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. Repent. Luke 13, 3. I tell you no, unless you repent, you shall perish. Okay? Confess. Good. And Philip said, if you believe, Philip said, if you believe, with all your heart you may. The eunuch answered, yes, I believe. The eunuch answered, yes, I believe. The eunuch answered, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then be baptized. Okay. And Peter said to them, to them, to them, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Be baptized in the name of the name of the name of the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, 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 for the remission, remission of sins, and you'll receive, 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 and you'll receive gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all gonna do all that one day? Raise your hand if you're gonna do that one day. One day you're gonna do that, right? Now the last one's just as important. Live faithful. Revelation 2.10. Be faithful, be faithful, be faithful, be faithful unto death. And I, and I will give you a crown of life. Alright, that's good. God set judges over Israel. One brave woman, fourteen men. They helped Israel fight their battles. Deborah, getting Abimelech, Tola, Jer. Coming on, that's good. We forgot the shorter version of the plan of salvation, all right, for the little ones. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized in the water. Rise up again to walk with Christ and live like you are. One more time. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized in the water. Rise up again to walk with Christ and live like you are. That is great. All right, what is the key verse of authority in all the Bible? Colossians what? 3.17. Let's say it. Say Colossians 3.17. Colossians 3.17. Okay, good. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do in word or in 
to all in the name of the Lord. And y'all remember what is our theme of this year for the church at Boonville? Philippians 4.13. Okay, you better get that one. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. And y'all remember the verse that you can sing if somebody asks if you believe in God and why? What Hebrews 3 and 4. All right, Hebrews 3 and 4. Every house is built by someone. Every house is built by someone. But he who built all things is God. You know what that means, don't you? We're singing about when you see a house, did somebody build that house or it just pop up out of the blue? Somebody had to build it, right? And somebody had to make this world, right? So it's the same principle. Good. That's great. All right. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, these are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. All within my soul. Love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, and goodness, gentleness, and self-control. These are good fruits in my soul. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. All within our soul. This is how we worship God, worship God, worship God. This is how we worship God according to His Word. The Lord's Supper. We partake of the Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper. We partake of the Lord's Supper, remembering His death. Sing, we sing praises to our God, to our God, to our God. We sing praises to our God, singing in our hearts. We listen to the Word of God. We listen to the Word of God. We listen to the Word of God, Word of God, Word of God. We listen to the Word of God and increase in faith. Well, that's the whole thing. What else do we do specifically? Pray. I think that's the last one in it, I believe. We, no, one more. There's one more. All right. We pray to the Lord our God, Lord our God, Lord our God. We pray to the Lord our God in Jesus' name. What did I leave out? Uh, we give money to the Lord. That's right. We, let's forget about that. Who do we give, what, who do we give to? The Lord. What are we giving? Our money. Our money. We give our money to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord. We give our money to the Lord, showing Him our love. That is excellent. All right. We just did that one. We just did that one. All right. How many elders do we have here? Four. Who are they? Boonville has four elders. Remember, it's four, not five, okay? Y'all remember the, uh, time's getting away from us, the plagues? How many plagues were there? Ten. What were they? He turned water to blood, frogs and lice. Don't forget those dirty old clouds. Here he killed the cattle, boys and hell. Locusts covered the ground till the darkness fell. Pharaoh pronounced the death of the firstborn. All right, quickly, what is true success in life? Living your life Part of success is saying it together, right? What is true success in life? Living in life, 
What's true failure in life? Living your life and going to hell. And what's God's ideal for marriage? Well, for you kids later on, that's going to be a tough question. All right. Uh, why were you made? Glorified God. And because God made you, what does that mean? Okay. And tomorrow, are you excited about going to school? No. Well, hey, but still, hey, when you go to school, maybe you go to ball practice, what are you going to do all day long? I will do my best, never give up, and let God take care of the rest. And I'll always remember that right is always right, and wrong is always wrong. It's never right to do wrong. And that's right because the Bible is right. Good. One, two, three. Jesus loves me. One and two. <clears throat> three and four. He loves me more. More than you have been loved before. Five, six, seven. Eight and nine. Close Now it's some right up to ten. Now that time to see the But we will. We will? Yes. One, two, three. Jesus loves me. One and two. Three and four. He loves you more. More than you have been loved before. Five, six, seven. Eight and nine is what is divine. Now it's some right up to ten. We don't have time to sing it again. And we don't. All right. Appreciate uh, the way y'all participated tonight. But kind of lay off the sugar next Sunday, all right? Just kidding. Anyhow, y'all are doing very good. Appreciate uh, the presence of every one of y'all here tonight. We had a great number this morning. Looks like a good number that's come back tonight. And if you're visiting with us, we count you as our honored guest. And we hope that you'll want to come back and worship with us anytime you have an opportunity. I have one update or a couple of updates I need to make. First of all, if you need to partake of the Lord's Supper, uh, you can immediately go as soon as we're dismissed right here before classes and go to the uh, little chapel and partake of the Lord's Supper there. Also, uh, if you are part of the providers, uh, you're going to be meeting this evening, not in the annex, but in the TAC. So please note that change. You'll be meeting in the TAC. It says, uh, would you like to read it? Those doing, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, those doing artwork for lads need to bring, you need to bring your artwork Wednesday night and turn them into Lisa. Okay, so bring your artwork Wednesday night, turn it into Lisa. Do not give it to me, I will lose it. See, he didn't write down all that, so I knew he needed to make that probably. So, anyhow, all right, if that's all we have tonight, let's be led in prayer, and uh, then you can be dismissed to your classes. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come unto you grateful. We thank you for another day. We thank you for another great privilege of having been able to have worshiped you and to be able to spend this additional time in study and examination of your word. And as we do so, may our knowledge and our understanding increase and may we be able to use those things in some way to apply them to our lives and to be able to assist others as well. We thank you for all that are here. We ask you to watch over those that are not for whatever their circumstances might be. We pray for those of our number that are afflicted currently with various 
physical ailments, and we just pray that you will watch over and care for them, those that are administering their care, and that they will be strengthened if it be your will. We ask you to be with any and all that have lost loved ones, and that they too will turn into you for comfort, and that they will remember that you are the God of all comfort. And for this we ask, and in Christ's name, amen. so fast by the way I come up here to get prepped because I have to come up here to get prepped and the whole time I'm thinking hope they keep talking because that means I have to start quicker I get nervous because I have to start quicker than what I was intended but that's okay all right this is who I've got y'all can see them on the list who do I who y'all want me to add you want me to add before we say our prayer? I'm sorry. Say that again, Ms. Joy. Chance Sloan. Chance Sloan. Good. You say Judy Coker?
Anybody else? Jeannie Martin. She is in the sanctuary hospice. Thank you. specifically for opportunities to come together, body of believers, and specifically have the opportunity to study your word. We're so thankful for your word, the power that's in it. And of course, I'm thankful for every soul that's here tonight that wants to learn more about it. And so be with us as we go through this class and as we have our, this time together and, and uh, help us rightly divide the word of truth so we can better understand your will for our lives. Father, we also are thankful that we have this time to together to pray for individuals that we know and love and families that need you, those that have lost loved ones, those that are sick or ill, or just those that need your, your care, Lord. And we want to lift them up to you now. We ask you to be with the Allen family. Continue to help them. Father, we ask you to be with Sandy Bonham, Martha Eaton, Quitman Wigington, Austin Wentz, Connie Edge, Angie West, Jerry Livingston, Savannah Martin, Ricky Ross, Brian Rowland, Hannah Peck, Verlin Davis, Jan Sloan, Judy Coker, Jeannie Martin, and I'm sure there's so many others that we're thinking about that's on the hearts of our those that are offering up this prayer to you. And Father, we thank you for knowing exactly what the need is, and, and we pray that you'll continue to watch over every situation and help us as we serve them. And then we just pray for the leaders of the various countries that Fathers, they don't really know exactly what to say here, except we pray that you, you know, just just help the leaders of the different countries make wise and intelligent decisions. God, we ask you to be with our military specifically, as many people have been sent overseas, and we just pray for their safety. And Father, there's there's just so many others that in Ukraine and Russia and Europe as a whole and and, and the list could go on and on. Father, we just uh, ask you to just to be with that whole situation. Father, thank you so much for Jesus Christ. We're so thankful for his sacrifice. We're so thankful for the church, and that's what we're going to study tonight. Father, we just ask again that you bless us as we continue this study. But, of course, we want to end this prayer with giving you the glory and thanking you so much for Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Okay, this is where we are in our study. Uh, 
we've gotten quite a, quite a ways through this study. Uh, we only have about two or three more classes available to us before the next quarter ends. So, um, you know, and chronologically or just, you know, when you think about just the method of, of how we've tried to go through this fundamental study of faith, uh, systematic theology. You know, I think when you look, and I keep throwing this up here so you can see how it kind of makes sense. And so I'm not going to continue to go through it all, but, you know, we started with the Bible because it's authority. You know, then the attributes of God, of course, we wanted to start there. And then the angels and demons, specifically, we talked about the devil. Because the devil in the history of man showed up very beginning and uh, caused man to sin. Which was then, of course, the need for Christ. Christ brings salvation, and then when you are saved, you are added to the church. And that's where we are tonight. That's what we're going to study tonight. We're going to dive into that a little bit deeper. I was thinking on the drive here, my short drive here, you know, I try to think, what do I want to leave you with tonight? Or what's, you know, kind of what is the purpose of, of this lesson tonight? And the reason why I was thinking through that a little bit is because, you know, I'm probably not going to tell you, many of you, Something you don't already know tonight. You know, we, luckily, I'm sure many, 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 many of you have studied and heard lessons and, and Bible classes regarding the church. And I guess, you know, we never want to stop teaching those. But I also know who I'm talking to. I mean, I, I know the crowd that I'm looking at here tonight. And, and so I, I thought, you know, I'm not going to really probably tell them anything new. But maybe, just maybe... The approach, or if, if you're young in the faith, maybe there might be some aha moments for you tonight. But if you're mature in the faith, hopefully or maybe, the mythology or the, the way that this is taught tonight will help you as you try to evangelize and or teach others about the church. Because quite frankly, there is a lot of confusion out there about it. We're going to talk more about that in just a second. So, let's start here. And if you don't mind, turn to, turn to Matthew chapter 16. I know I'll have it up here on the board, but I want you to turn if you have your Bibles because uh, it may be easier for you to follow along if it's right there next to you than looking up here. So, I do want to start here. And I want to start with a couple of verses, a couple of texts that, quite frankly, um, hopefully, you've studied in detail in your lifetime. And so I'll, I'll, I'll pull up some observations, just some quick observations from those passages as we move into maybe a deeper subject of what I want to talk about in regards to the church. But I want to start here. Matthew chapter 16, and then I'll read the context here, verse 13 through verse 20. The Bible says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He said, that, said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. I highlight these two verses because these are the ones I want to make observations from tonight. Okay, And, and again, these are quick observations, and yes, 
I am using PowerPoint a little bit more than I normally do tonight because I think for some of you who take notes, and I know there's several of you who do, uh, I, I hope this may help you as I, you know, as we present these thoughts to you. These observations are not so difficult to understand. He says, upon this rock, I'm not going to go into details about the Greek word Petra and all of those things, and I, I'm not going to do that. And, and actually, when I was studying this, I did learn <laughs> there's quite a few opinions about you know, what he meant when Jesus said, up on this rock. Uh, there's several opinions out there. I think based off the context and, 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 and just in studying other things, I think we can conclude, or at least I conclude, that the truth, uh, that what he's referring to is the truth of the confession that Peter made, that Jesus is Son of God. Okay? So he said, upon this rock, upon this truth, he says, I will build. When you build something, and we sing it, Every Sunday night, you know, a house is built by someone. I've just about got that too memorized. And, and we, we sing that every, you know, he says, I will build. In other words, it wasn't there. He's, he's going to actually establish, create something new. And Jesus said, upon this rock, upon this truth of confession, I will build, he says. My, which is a big word. We all know this, but it's a huge word. I will build my, he says. In other words, who's this belong to? Whatever he's going to build, it's going to belong to Jesus Christ. It's going to belong to him. And then, of course, he says, I'm going to build my church. Observation number four. This is the Greek word that we all know, ekklesia, the called out, the assembly. It can be used in a lot of different contexts. But when it comes to Jesus and what he established and what he built, it's the body of believers. And what we're going to, we'll, get, we'll dive into that a little bit more in just a moment. But that's what he came to establish. That's what he says he was going to build. And the gates of hell, he says, will not prevail against it. Another observation. In other words, Jesus says, look, upon this confession, I'm going to build my church and nothing's going to stop it from happening. And nothing's going to stop it from continuing on. It's an observation that he says to Peter here and his apostles about and he tells Peter, he says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Another observation. We know that Peter was given those keys. Um, in other words, Peter had the authority to unlock what Jesus was saying he was going to build here. And, and so he does that, and we're going to study it in Acts chapter 2. He does it with the Jews. He also was given the keys in Acts chapter 10 with the Gentiles. Some people even say that he was given the keys whenever he taught um, um, Simon in regards to what you had to do whenever you're a Christian and you sin, which is you need to repent, right? But specifically, chapter 2 and chapter 10, I think, is where we can say he was given the keys here uh, in regards to what we're talking about. Now, and then the kingdom of heaven. This is another big one, by the way. I feel guilty. The very last chapter of this book that I've been using as a guide talks about pre the thought uh, the beliefs of premillennialists and we're not going to get there but those who believe that there's going to be a thousand year reign that Jesus is going to come back and set up his kingdom don't doesn't believe the kingdom exists today I'm not going to dive into this probably as much as some of you would like me to tonight but we see here that even though kingdom and church, now listen to this, 
Kingdom and church are not synonymous in a sense of what they mean, but they are interchangeable into regards that they are the same thing. Now you say, well, what, what do you, what do you, I'm not going to dive into that, but just, just stay with me. What we do see here in this text is he says, I'm going to come and will build my church. And in the same context and referring to the church, he calls it the kingdom. So Christ did come. He has established the church. He has established the kingdom. And we're going to dive into that more now. These are just a few observations, though, that I wanted to share from Matthew chapter 16. Now let's go to, let's go to the next one, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're going to make a few observations in Acts chapter 2. I'm not going to read this one. This is the day of Pentecost, so I, I have it on the screen. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Make a little bit of reference here. Drew talked about this last week when it came to salvation. We get to, you know, verses 37, 38. You know, they were cut at their heart. They asked Peter, what do we need to do? Peter told them exactly what to do in verse 38. You get down to verse 41. It says, so those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now, I am going to read starting in verse 42 if you want to follow along with me. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Again, these are common verses for you. I get it. A few observations and we'll move on maybe to something else that hopefully will help you uh, deeper your understanding about the church. Observation number one. It says the Lord added. Y'all understand this. Unfortunately, though, there are Many out there who feel that the church is something they get to pick or join. And that's simply not taught in the scriptures. The Lord added, it says here. And that makes it clear here in Acts chapter 2. Another observation. It says the Lord added to their number. Now we're going to dive deeper into this as I keep making uh, references to. Uh, but the Lord added to their number. What he, added to, what, what he added to was this called out group of believers, the church, which is the reason why he says those who were being saved. Salvation was the moment God, God added them. Again, I understand these are all things that you know. But I think it's important for us when we talk about this subject of the church that we put these things in perspective, in the right perspective and context. All right, so a few observations of a couple of texts that we study when we talk about the church. All right, I did something this morning. <laughs> I did something this morning. I took a screenshot of it, and I want to share it with you. Let me, let me, before I share it with you, let me say this. These, to me, what I just shared seems simple. But it's not so simple because if you were to type this in, I just took a screenshot of it and put it into PowerPoint. If you were to type in how many different churches are there in the world, literally right below that it says 
There are more than 45,000 different religious bodies in the world today. I said, well, I didn't know what that real number was. I had heard it was pretty large, but I didn't know exactly what that number was. Then I typed in, then I typed in Mississippi. It wasn't so easy. It didn't pop it up like this. But I did type in Prentice County and something did come up pretty, pretty quick. So I typed in Prentice County and in 2010, I'll read some of this. It may be hard for you to see. I'll read some of this. But in 2010, when the census, they had this religious census along with it. And there was some pretty good data come out from about Prentice County. So all of these groups over here to the left apparently are religious bodies in our county. Now, this is 2010, so it's 12 years old. I get it. I didn't see anything more than that. There probably is something newer. I just didn't find it as quick as I needed to today. Here's, oh, by the way, one more key point I want to share, because I did look this up. Do y'all know how many people live in Prentice County? Bob, do you know that number off the top of your head? No, I just thought you might. I'll put him on the spot. 25,000 approximately is what it says, okay? Uh, a couple years ago is about what lives in Prentice County, 25,000. If you look right here, 17,000 are associated in 2010. It's been about 25,000 steady. It hadn't grown much, plus or minus, over the last 10, 15 years. So, by the way, 17,000 associate with some religious body. If you don't think we're in a mission field, folks, I don't, I don't know what other proof you need. Now, obviously, this isn't a mission field like like others are in need potentially, but there's a different side, set of need here in Prentice County, and I just wanted to make sure I shared that. Okay, just so you know too, if you can't read it, it says when it comes to churches of Christ, by the way, it has on their family Baptist, just so you know, um, it says there's 15 of them, about 1,579 individuals associated with it in this county. I don't know, 2010, just data it is what it is. Uh, I just wanted to share it with you. And the reason why I share both of these slides with you is to really get to the question that I want to ask tonight. And, and, and I know these are simple questions, and, but, I, but when I typed them today and I started trying to answer them myself, it really made me think. We know what Matthew 16 says. We know it says that he came and built the church. He didn't say churches, singular, the church. The church that was built by him, that he, that he founded. We understand what Matthew 16 says. We know in Acts 2. We know how, you, how you're added or how, what you do for God, to, you know, for God to add you to the church. We understand that. But it comes down to why are there then so many religious bodies? I'm going to pause. And I want somebody to answer that question for me. Why? Why is there? I will start walking this way. Maybe it's because I can't hear you. A lot of people don't speak their Bible to say what the Bible says. They listen to the leaders or the people that started these churches. All right, some people do not, don't study the Bible enough. And they listen to the leaders of these religious bodies who, who start them. Okay, thank you. Thanks for speaking up, Ms. Jones. Okay. To summarize Katie's comments here, she said, and thanks, Katie, for speaking up. 
she said, you know, people just think they know better. And, you know, if you look at the Old Testament and look at even how people who knew better still worshipped idols, you know, back in the Old Testament, it's still a similar maybe thought process today for some. Jay-Z says, he says, the devil is doing a better job of teaching than we are. All right. People inherit from their families. That's exactly right. Thank you for speaking up. That's what I was going to say. I think some people are just in whatever religious body they are. That's right. They've grown up in that religious body, and so they they stay in that religious body. Okay. And do not study. Is that what you said? All right. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 says that the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers. They'll turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. I think Ken speaks loud enough for everybody to hear. And by the way, I did see him look down. He didn't quote that entirely like he does normally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, every once in a while I have to lighten the mood. He could quote that though. I know he could. I was just saying. All right. Y'all, y'all I wanted to think that through a little bit. Those on the front row, forgive me for standing back here, but I got to get closer to these folks. I got another question. Okay. I, I heard you. I heard you. And I, and I get it. Honestly, I get it. I came up with some of the same thought processes. So let me ask you another pretty simple question. This is a simple question. How can you know out of all those 45,000 religious bodies in the world, out of the 20 or so that's here in Prentice County, how can we know which religious body or which, I'm going to put this in quotations, the called out is the church that Christ established and built. All right, study. Miss Roten says you study. Word teaches. Say it one more time. You compare what they're teaching. Okay. That word. All right. You study, and then you, Luther says you compare what is being taught with that religious body to to what the word actually says. Okay. Very good. That's what I'm looking for. So y'all keep going. How can you How can you know? Study is the right answer. I mean, that's, that's exactly what you need to do. But dive deeper. How, do you, how can you specifically know? What are you going to You study the New Testament, I get it. Anybody got an answer? You look for the characteristics of the church. All right, you look for, thank you. That's the kind of things I'm looking for people to say. You look for the characteristics of the church. Do you want to give me potentially something that expands on that a little bit? All right, the way you're organized, the way they're organized. Okay, the eldership. How else can you know? Oh, how they worship, she says. She specifically, if you heard her through my mic, said music. But how they worship is what I'm going to say. The leadership. Who's in le- What'd you say? Oh, not blemished. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not blemished. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Staying away from not holding to what society wants to do. Alright, not holding to what society says. Okay, those kind of things. Alright. How else can you know? 
Oh, interesting. She she says you got to walk in the door. All right, you got to know. You don't just you don't just judge by the name. Okay, and I know the context you're talking about there, Katie. Spot on. All right, the teachings have to go along with what Christ established. These are all good. These are all great. First John four one says, "Believe not every teaching, but test the teachings against His word." Test the teaching against His word. Luther says, First John four one. Well, this is what we're going to talk about tonight, and I've got about fifteen minutes to do it. Okay, and I'm going to I'm going to share with you just this approach. There's all kind of ways to test to know. To understand. But I'm going to give you five basic rules, okay? And maybe this will help, okay? And, and again, if you're kind of younger in the faith, maybe it'll strengthen your belief. If you're, if you're mature in the faith, maybe this just gives you another thing or another way or another approach to study with others. So, you can tell... If the body of believers is what God or Jesus built and established by observing the place it began. We don't talk about this one a lot. But I think it's important. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, and if you don't mind, turn to Micah chapter 4. Okay, this is where something new may come for some of you. All right, There's a lot of ways. There's so many ways to prove or to, to show where the church where the place it was established. We already read in Acts chapter 2, and I've already insinuated and told you where it was established, right, on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. But let me, let me dive a little deeper into that for some of you who may not have considered how Micah 4 plays into this approach, okay? So Micah 4, we'll read verses uh, 1 and 2. Let me see if I can get there quickly. Micah says, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains. And it shall be lifted up above the hills and peoples shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that, he, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from where? Jerusalem. Micah says this. It's interesting, by the way. Isaiah 2, 2 through 4, says the exact, basically the exact same thing. Same prophecy. The house of the Lord, if you want to know what that is, if you look in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, the house of God, which is the church of the living God, we know that. When Micah's talking about this coming out of Jerusalem, that's going to begin and establish in Jerusalem, it's the church. And on Luke chapter 24, I'm just going to scan a couple of these. In Luke chapter 24, but let me go there. Luke chapter 24... When Jesus was ascended into heaven, right before he ascended, he told the apostles to stay where? Where were they to stay? In Jerusalem. If you go to verse 49, if you go to 52, and if you get to 52, it says, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They returned to Jerusalem because Jesus said to stay there and wait. Because what was coming? The Holy Spirit, right? 
And then we know in Acts chapter 2 that the church was established. Now, okay, we get it. It comes out of Jerusalem. But I want to say this. If there's a religious body, a group of people who say that it began at any other place, it's not the church Jesus built. It's not the church. If you go to number two, this is where I want to tie in Micah even deeper. Okay? So I hope you wrote Micah 4 down. You can also know if it's the church Jesus built by observing the time it began. All right. This is going to be a little harder, but this, is, this was where Aaron grew today, okay, in his study. <laughs> I didn't make these connections before today. But I have made them now, and it's made me stronger, and I hope it will make you stronger, okay? I've already talked about Micah 4. I've already talked about Isaiah. Both of them said, in latter times, okay, it says in latter times, that's when the church is going to be established and it's going to be come out of Jerusalem. Well, let's turn to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Now, this is a familiar verse to y'all. And you'll make the connection. Y'all have already made the connection. I'm sure you've already made the connection because many of you are so mature in the faith and understand this already. But Joel says in verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward. This is interesting, by the way. Note he says afterward. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit. Now what this prophecy that Joel makes in chapter 2, verse 28, is significant because when is it brought back up? When? In the New Testament. In Acts chapter 2. Exactly right. We go back to Acts chapter 2 where we were, or in the, in, the, in the chapter from where we were. Note in verse 17. You remember they were saying, hey, these men must be drunk. What happened on the day of Pentecost? These men must be drunk. Something must be... And Peter says, no. What's happening with the pouring out of this Spirit is exactly what Joel said in, in chapter 2 verse 28. But notice what he says in verse 17 when he quotes Joel. Literally, it's almost word for word, word, right? Except in verse 17, it says, And in the last days, when Joel said in latter times, what he was referring to, obviously, because Peter's explaining it to us, is the same latter days that who mentioned? Who did we just read? Micah and Isaiah. Uh-oh. So you got Micah and Isaiah saying, hey, look, the church is going to be established in the latter days. It's going to come out of Jerusalem. You got Joel saying, hey, in those latter days, okay, in the same latter days, we'll know it because the Spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh. Peter says on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, listen, this is what's happening. What Joel prophesied is happening. So what does that tell us? Let me get to my observations. Joel said, the Spirit be poured out on all flesh in the last days. Peter said that event on the day of Pentecost was what Joel prophesied, which means that day of Pentecost was the beginning of the last days. So if there's a body of believers 
or a body of religious body, a religious body. I, need, I know y'all are probably judging every time I say that phrase, but please keep me in contact. If there's a religious body that says that they were established before the day of Pentecost, it's not. It's not the church. But we don't stop there. I do want to read Mark 9, verse 1 for you just real quick. Mark 9, verse 1. I have this one. I have this one saved here. Jesus says this. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here. There's some standing right there with Jesus who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Well, this is, this is telling. This is a really big verse. Jesus is telling some of those in this crowd, you're not going to die until you see the kingdom. We've already established the church. Come with power. Well, let's go back now and put this all together. Micah and Isaiah said it was going to be those same last days that Joel mentioned that the church would be established. Jesus said the kingdom, the church, was going to come with power. And we know what day that was. In Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. So not only do we know that if there's a religious body that says they were established before the day of Pentecost... It's not the church. We also know if they say they were established after that day. It's not the church that Jesus built. You can know. You can know. If it's God, Christ's church. By observing the place. By observing the time. This is an obvious one. By observing the founder or the foundation of it. Now we know, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. I already know you know this. We've already read Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus was the founder. He was the one who built the church. We also know in Acts 20, verse 28, just in case you're taking notes, that Christ purchased the church with his own blood. We also know when it comes to the foundation, and this is a good verse for you to write down, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. It says, Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You know already that um, the founder and foundation must be Jesus. It's not, not anybody else. If there's another religious group out there that says, listen, if there's another one out there that says our founder is anybody other than Christ, they're not the church. You can know also by observing the names by which they're called. Now, I understand what Katie was saying over there. And she said it right. So I, I understand exactly what she was saying. That there's a lot of people with certain names, but they, you can walk in their building. They're not the church. But there's also a lot of religious groups out there with names that aren't authorized by God or Christ either. Now, these are some, so I wrote these down. You can find these in the scriptures. I'm not going to go through each of them. But there are, by the way, if you didn't know, you know, the, the church doesn't have to be called the church 
necessarily of Christ only. Now, obviously, we are the church of Christ because of is meaning we're belonging to Christ. So obviously, the church is the church of Christ. But I'm saying by name. These are some other names that the Bible mentions. We know a name is important. And we know a name is important because in Acts 4, when Peter's standing in front of um, some, some, the religious leaders or the leaders of that day, he says, name's important. No other, by no other name, right, can man be saved. So we know names are important. And I want to suggest to you that you can observe by just looking at the name of some religious groups out there today. And then the last thing that I want to suggest to you, and then the lesson will be yours, is that you can observe the law by which they're governed. I don't have another slide for this one. I just, I'll just talk through this because several people have already commented on this already. The New Testament is what governs God's children. And so if there's any other creed or law or whatever you might want to call it, covenant, that a religious group is governed by, I'm going to suggest to you, you can, you can see that that's not the church by which Christ built. You can judge that, and I say judge that, you can judge that by looking at how they're organized. Milton talked about that earlier. You can judge that by seeing how they worship. That's what Joan talked about earlier. You can judge that by looking what they're teaching. Is it following what the scriptures say? And that's what several people talked about on this side of the building. So you can judge it by a lot of different ways. But I want you to, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this verse down for me. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 11. I get asked a lot, and, and, and especially um, when I was teaching the college class or even in the high school class or even among friends of mine when I'm, we're, we're talking about the Scriptures. Well, how do you know? There's so many opinions out there that how do you know for sure that they're teaching what's right? You've always heard this, but it's biblical. You've heard this phrase, you speak where the Bible speaks and you're silent where the Bible's what? Silent. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 11, this is what I try to teach my boys and my family and this is what I try to, and I know sometimes when I'm in Bible classes, I, but it says, whoever speaks, let him speak as what? The oracles of God. If you go and if you're in a religious body and they're not speaking as the oracles of God, then you can judge or you can see it's not the church that Christ built. Again, I realize I may not have provided information to you that's so new tonight. And you may have other ways Rules, I get it. These are just five basic rules that I wanted to teach.
tonight that maybe, maybe you can utilize as you're trying to teach others about how to know the true church, the church, the body of believers. I'll say this as a close, okay? If you're not a member, if God has not added you to the church because you have not obeyed the gospel and are part of the saved, I know we don't offer the invitation, but please don't walk out that door. If, if you worship somewhere else and you're a member of another religious body and you're questioning, is this, is this the church? Don't hesitate to come to me or to any other person in this building and ask the right questions tonight. I'm looking around. I think I know everybody I'm looking at, but I feel obligated to say that. Y'all, I'm going to read this, and I'll close with this. This is what I jotted down. The church is a divine institution built by Christ. There is no salvation outside of Christ. All who are in Christ are in the church. We can conclude then, person outside of the church is outside of Christ. And that's a scary place to be. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we close now thanking you for the time, again, thanking you for the time we had together. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the guidance that it provides, for the information that provides so much clarity on so many subjects. And Father, we're thankful that you give us opportunities to study it deeper and to understand it deeper so we can build our faith in you and, of course, serve you more and more each and every day. Father, I want to thank you for each individual person here tonight. I want to thank you so much for their dedication to you and their love for you. And I pray that we all, as we leave this place, will show our love for you through the lives we live. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all very much.